Welcome to The Talking Dead, a podcast about all things deathly. We're Nicole and Rose from End Stage Matters, and we're death doulas, lifting the lid on topics we find fascinating. We're all going to die, so let's be open and curious about death, dying, loss and grief, and in the process, live our lives more fully. Hi, Rose. Hello, Nicole. Welcome back. Here we are again. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Now, Rose, today we're going to be talking about advanced care planning. So can you tell me what it is? Well, um, advanced care planning is something that started, has developed probably over the last 15 years in the medical world, um, mainly as a response from both the palliative care world and the intensive care world. Um, and it's, it involves uh, having your healthcare decisions uh, sort of put down on paper ahead of time so that you've had a chance to think about the kind of conditions you would find acceptable or not acceptable and the kind of treatments you would want and not want in the event of you, say, not being able to speak for yourself and not being able to choose for yourself at the time, you can uh, have a think, talk to somebody, appoint somebody to speak for you and uh, and then write it down on paper, which is the, the final step in this process. Um, and then uh, everybody's on the same page, literally and figuratively, um, and it it's really helpful in situations, say, where there's a number of players, a few stakeholders in the, um, you know, mum's in hospital, she's had a stroke, um, and there's a couple of children who say, yes, do everything, you know, please, doctor, don't let her die, and then there's another couple of kids who may have had a lot more to do with her in her later years, and they're saying, look, I've spent a lot of time with mum, and I know that she wouldn't want this, um, um, so advanced care planning is is a process, definitely, and it's it takes quite a while, and it takes uh, a bit of reflection and a bit of um, examination of what's important to your life, what what makes life worth living, what gives you life meaning, so that um, the people around you who need to make a decision for you, if you can't speak for yourself, they can make the best decision, and the one that's most closely aligned with what you would choose for yourself. Which is great. Yeah. So that's what it is. So why would why would I need it at the Ooh. moment? Why me yeah. as in a 50-year-old? <laughs> why would you think I needed it? Well, none of us ever know. As I said, it's, it's come from the intensive care uh, sector just as much as palliative care. None of us know what's going, what's what's ahead of us, and what when we might find ourselves in that situation. And it's um it's a bit like if I could use this analogy, it'd be like uh, rocking up to the hospital when you're eight and a half months pregnant and uh, you're in labour. All of a sudden, you, you're having all these pains and you don't really know what they're about. Um, back home, there's no nursery, no nappies, uh, no stroller, no clothes, no baby clothes or anything. Um, you just took a bit of time off work because you weren't feeling very well, you're a bit tired, <laughs> um, and I'm sure you'll be back there soon. <laughs> you haven't been to any antenatal visits, um, you haven't read any books about pregnancy and birth, uh, you've got no preparation and you haven't had any conversations with anybody who might know anything about it. Because, <laughs> um, you know, you knew back then that you were pregnant, but, you know, what? <laughs> I didn't think I'd ever end up with a baby. <laughs> 
So uh, there's an analogy, you know, and then, of course, you get to the hospital, you're in labour, you think, oh, my God, what, what is this? <laughs> this is horrible. What's happening to me? I'm out of control. I'm scared. I'm, 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 uh, I'm horrified. I feel so lost. What's going on? <laughs> and so this, unfortunately, this is the way we approach our death. We know, we, we all know we're going to die. It's, you know, now, I could say, by the time you're eight and a half months pregnant, you know you're going to have a baby. <laughs> right. And so in the same way, we, look, it's 100% guaranteed that you will die. And so why is it okay to leave all that planning and all that preparation um, to the very last minutes, if at all? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we think that it's okay to either leave all that to all that preparation and all those decisions to, for somebody else to make and who that somebody else is we don't know it could be um a spouse who's you know never had to make a decision like that in their lives too frightened to lose you too scared to uh make a controversial decision mate maybe uh, it's um it's just i think it's just not fair to leave that to anybody else yeah that's right yeah yeah um now these days i know for myself i'm in a position where i've got th- three children in their early 20s and I wouldn't want to put that kind of decision on any of them. Um, I I don't have uh, a spouse to to make that decision for me and even if I did, he he may not be the best person to make that decision because, of course, you know, loving me as he would... (laughs) being desperately in love with me he wouldn't be able to let me go that's right (laughs) and so um you know I think it's very hard sometimes for a spouse to have to make a tough decision if say if you as I I do I've got fairly radical views about um what kind of conditions I would find acceptable and so my advanced care plan and I do have one uh is filled with um you know don't resuscitate me if there's, you know, not much chance. Um, I don't want to be uh, brought back to even half a life or even the three quarters of a life. Um, and then if I end up in a situation where I don't have any control over, say, if I, if I have um, some kind of brain injury or I have dementia, then I'm, I'm saying things like don't uh, take me off all my medication and don't treat me for any kind of chest infection, blah, blah, blah. So I'm fairly radical. And to put that on a spouse may be too hard a decision to to um, to make. And so I have um, I've appointed my niece, a niece of mine, to um, to be my treatment decision maker because um, I trust her and she's very level headed and she's just a tiny bit removed. She would be able to in that situation be able to make uh, a more cool headed decision. And it also then leaves my family to to just um, be in in the space rather than having to uh, make a really hard decision and then be left with the consequences of that decision, whether they be positive or negative. If they, because you, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. That's right. And you could end up in a nursing home, being tube fed or a peg fed, all of those yes. things. And that's something that. Yeah, not many people would like. Yeah, and you know, if you've got dementia and you haven't made this plan, you know, mm. Rose is a nurse, so she sees lots of consequences yes. of that at the moment. Yeah, and if I'd look, if I'd if I'd never spoken to anybody about this, uh, then um, if it comes to um, making a decision about me or for me, um, 
my family or whoever it is that that uh, so at the moment it would be my 25 year old son so he would my kids between them would have to make a decision um and so they either say yes treat her for everything because we're too frightened to say no um and then i'm left in this half half life um and so they're left with the guilt of oh we brought her back and this is what we've ended up with and i know she wouldn't want this but now we can't do anything about it or they have they they say okay no pull back we don't want to treat her and I die and then they're left with that did we make the right decision I don't know did we let her die too early blah 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 so it's just um you know you really are you're damned if you do and damned if you don't unless you have made your your wishes known I have a a, a great story uh, like I, look I've been nursing for nearly forty years so I've seen a lot I've seen a lot of people die. Uh, really difficult deaths because they weren't prepared to uh, acknowledge that they were dying and that they weren't prepared to sort of face it and talk to their families about it. Uh, but I had had a conversation with these uh, two daughters of a, a woman who was demented um, and I was just asking them about what kind of treatments they would want and not want. And we had uh, a, a few choices, you know, fill in the boxes, you know, which box do you want? Do you want full-on treatment or do you want absolutely nothing? <laughs> or, you know, there's a couple of um, layers in between. And um, one of the daughters, uh, uh, you know, I said the first one, which is everything, you know, transfer to hospital and intensive care and um, CPR, the, you know, the full box and dice. Um, one of them said, oh, well, you know, we wouldn't want that. And the other one said, why, why not? <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, this woman's in a nursing home. Um, she's quite dementia. She's, she's advanced dementia. Uh, so her quality of life is pretty poor. She's quite distressed, you know, quite a bit of the time. Um, and um, so I think the, 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 the other daughter was um, obviously anxious about saying, no, don't treat mum, you know, because it was really hard. It's a really hard decision to make and the, a really difficult thing to say. You said, what kind of a daughter am I if I'm going to let my mother die, for example? Mm. Um, and all I had to do was say, okay, so we're not thinking what's in her best interests or um, what's the right thing to do here. The only th question you have to answer is what would she choose for herself? And immediately this second daughter said, oh, well, that's easy. No, she wouldn't want to be like this. And if this, if all we're doing is making the choice that she would choose, then yes, don't don't treat her, and that, mm. and she was suddenly relieved of any of that guilt, the burden of guilt, and it was um, it was a really striking demonstration of um, uh, how important it is to to tell your family, let them know what sort of things you would like and what, what sort of things you'd tolerate, and what kind of quality of life you'd be happy to to accept. Yeah. It's kind of like a roadmap, isn't it, or a, a yes. guide yeah. on, you know, this is what mum wants and let's align it with what mum wants yes. or what that person yes. wants. Yes, and it's yeah. more about values. You know, you can't, um, it's, you can't sort of second-guess every, every single situation or mm. scenario that you might end up with. You can't sort of say, um, well, in this situation I'll have this, this, but I won't have that, you know. Um, you can't, it's not that prescriptive. Yeah. But... Um, the way at least the Victorian uh, advanced care plan is um, designed, and I think it's a really great design, is that it has two, two separate areas. One is the values directive, and that is basically 
So what I've written in mine is, you know, I've been nursing for so many years. I've seen a lot of deaths, you know, basically telling my story and what I've seen and it fleshes out um, the reason for my decisions. And so it gives whoever's coming along trying to make a decision for me uh, a really clear picture of who I am and what's important to me, um, what kind of situations I would never want to see myself in. Um, and then the, so that's the values directive. And you can write a whole essay. You could write a book in that space if you want to. Um, and I thoroughly encourage anybody to write as much as they can and not just a couple of lines, you know, you know, what's important to you? Independence. And you think, yeah, well, <laughs> yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and, and of course, Rose, with this directive, when you do it, it's not set in mm. stone. So if you're, um, life circumstances change and you want to change it you can can't you absolutely yes it's a living document yeah just because something's written down um and and of course it only ever comes into effect if you can't speak for yourself so once you've written the directive it's great you've got them all there got it got it written down but of course you keep on living your life and you keep on making decisions for yourself making healthcare decisions for yourself um if something changes yes you go back and review it you might want to um, make a few tweaks here and there. You just never know. But yeah. it's still it's still definitely upgradable and it should be upgraded just to be so that people are sure, you know, like if you get a document that's 10 years old, anything could happen, you know, 10 years is a long time. <laughs> so, you know, would you recommend one to every one to two years you have a reflection uh, over it or probably, would it be a bit longer? Probably longer. And I guess depending on how old you are and what other kind of um, comorbidities and health conditions you've got. Yeah. Um, certainly if something changes uh, or, you know, if you take a big step down, it's always worth a review. Yeah. And you could at least even just say, I've reviewed this document and it's still just as good as it was on the day I wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I just wanted to add this. Um, so there's the values directive. Mm. But there's also in Victoria uh, the area, the section called instructional directives, and that's where you get to choose specific treatments or interventions that you don't want or do want. Um, so in there you can say, I never want CPR or, um, yes, put me in ICU or um, it's it's more about the sort of things that you don't want because generally the healthcare machine will put you on that conveyor belt mm. and keep on treating until you say enough is enough. And That was, is the default. Yeah. Thank you, Rose. And, of course, you know, a lot of people don't know that when there's they've had CPR, it hasn't got a high percentage of no, um, no, it's not positive like, outcomes, it's has not it? It's like ER. No, no. <laughs> 70%. I think somebody did a, um, a uh, you know, like they went through uh, all, this, all the, um, the arrests on ER and they said it had like a 75% success oh, wow. rate. <laughs> but it's not like that. And, you know, there, there's a reason why your heart's given out in the first place. Yes. And, and the older you get... Mm the less um, percentage wise yes. it is, isn't yes, it? Yes, of course. And you're more likely to have lots of broken ribs. And Absolutely, yes. It's it's, it's a very violent um, uh, thing to put yourself through. Yeah. Um, so it's it's not a it's not a pleasant thing to um, to experience or to recover from. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, thank you. And so, Rose, how can I how can we do one? So if somebody's listening to this, how would mm-hmm. they be able to do it? 
How would they get their um, advanced care plan done? Well, there are a lot of free resources on the internet, so I'll say I'll start by saying that um, there's there's definitely um, a lot of information that you can get from the government website uh, and called advancedcareplanning.org.au and that will um, funnel you to whichever state because each state has their own different legislation around it um, and their own different forms. Um, but uh, I think that you need somebody to walk you through it. That's my belief and, of course, I have a vested interest in that because that's, <laughs> that's what I'm offering. But I really do think that... Um, a lot of the time, you can't do it with your solicitor, <laughs> even though it's a legal, the appointment of a medical treatment decision maker definitely is a legal document and that needs to be signed off by um, a solicitor or I think a medical, I think your medical officer can, can um, do that. Uh, but um, it's, it's very nuanced and I think there's a lot of times when people don't know what they're saying yes to. And that's my concern. As I said, I've been nursing for forty years, and I've seen, I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of people suffer um, a lot of debility um, that they never realised they were saying yes to when they accepted treatment. And like I say, the the conveyor belt of modern medicine will will um, just put you through the machine mm. um, until you say enough is enough. It's um, in general, that's what they do. That is the approach. It's, it's much worse, say, in America. I think the States is um, their over-treatment or their, their sort of excessive um, uh, reliance on medical treatment. They just they just never stop. So in, in Australia, it is a little bit more considered. Um, but still, um, there's, there's certain times when, you know, you, if you present to a tertiary hospital with a certain problem, then they will just assume that you've come here to get treated and so they will just go ahead and treat you. Yeah. 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 So where was I going with that? Uh, I think, yes, yeah, so, so you've, got to, you've got to know what you're saying yes to. And, uh, you know, it, it, ill health, you know, look, look I, my, my, um, my approach generally is what you're really doing, and I know this sounds a bit controversial, but what you're really doing, you're not prolonging your life, you're prolonging your dying Yes. That's what, yeah. you know, no one ever say, you can't save your life. No one can ever save your life. All I'm doing is is postponing your death. <laughs> um, and and most of the time, the older you get, the longer you, um, you know, keep accepting medical treatment, you're just prolonging your dying. Yeah. You're not actually prolonging your life. Yeah. Like what is what is it? What What is your life? You know, where's the quality? Yeah. Yeah, and I must admit, when I looked at the website, I was overwhelmed. I'd much, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. I, you know, and then I went and had a big chat with Rose. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, and that was much better to have those things explained to me rather than looking at the website, going, "Oh my gosh, where am I going to start with this?" Yes, yeah. yeah. So, Rose, when you've when you've done that. Um, how does how do you do that work? Is it a workshop that you do? Okay, so yeah, we offer a couple of different things. Uh, there's a one one to one service, uh, so you can just um, call us or uh, contact us through the website or Facebook, um, and we can um, do a one to one, which is 
uh, I spend a couple of hours with you over um, about four weeks, depending on how long it takes you to sort of have a think about everything um, and get it down on paper. I'm, I uh, help you, you know, so I'm available through the process, you know, a couple of phone calls. Um, uh, so at the moment um, it's online. <laughs> um, unless you live near me, near me and we um, both wear face masks and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, so that's the one-on-one. -on -one. Otherwise, we offer a workshop and the, the workshop has three, three different tiers. One is just come to the workshop and off you go and do, do your own plan. And then the second one is um, you come to the workshop and then you work with me um, as a follow-up. And I think the third tier is the, the the couple's uh, discount. Yes, that's <laughs> yeah. right. So um, I think it's another like 50% off for the second person, the couple. So um, uh, they're the options. So once once you've done your advanced care plan and, Rose, you've had a look over it, what happens with it then? Mm. So then you've got to remember that's your plan. Um, it doesn't belong to the hospital or the doctor or the lawyer, don't leave it in the solicitor's office for God's sake. <laughs> it does not belong there. Um, so it needs to be signed off by your medical officer. Yeah. But, um, and, you know, an idea, I guess in an ideal world, a doctor would be doing all this with you, but doctors do not have the time to sit here with you and have a chat about all the possible things that, that could go wrong and they just don't have the time because it, yeah. it, it is a couple of hours at least that yes. you, should, you should spend chatting to somebody about all this. So you take it to the doctor, they sign it off. So in Victoria, again, the legal uh, requirement is that a medical officer signs it off. So if you've got it all prepared, um, you can take that to them as a fait accompli. They can look through it, have a chat with you quickly about, you know, if there's any issues that they, you know, any concerns. But hopefully, well, my hope would be that um, it's spick and span and ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then what happens? And then you make a copy for your medical treatment decision maker that you've also appointed in this process. Um, and so they've got a copy and you make sure that that person knows that they are the medical treatment decision maker <laughs> and that you have spoken to them about it. It's very important to have this chat with, with that, that person. If you want them to make that right decision, then you need to talk to them about it. You would not want no. them to be hit with <laughs> Blindsided this when, they're in, when you're in hospital yes, and you had no idea. Yeah, <laughs> that would be awful. Um, and then you keep a copy. If, you, if your health is precarious, I would suggest you put a copy on your fridge and let, say, if you live alone, then uh, let, let other people know that that's where it is. Um, and if you do live alone and your health is precarious, please put, um, like, make it obvious, like, leave something on the bench <laughs> so that if the ambulance is called to your house, they walk in and there it is. They can find out who to call um, and what, what you want. Um, or otherwise they will just... That's right. They'll pick you up and they'll take you in and put you on the conveyor belt. Yeah, that's and, right. And it could be hours before that advanced care plan is discovered. And all of a sudden you've got a tube down your throat and you didn't even want that. Yeah. So um, uh, it's, it's very important to, to have that voice when, when you can't speak for yourself. You, you, need, you need a voice. And it's also very important to think about these things, especially if you live alone and your health is precarious. Mm. Please, please, please have a, have a think about what's ahead of you 
and make make your plan for the you know the contingency plan. Don't rock up to hospital eight and a half months pregnant with no nursery. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, yeah, it's so important and it's so important to have those discussions with your family and your friends. For yes, those people absolutely. that are really close mm. to you, whether they are family or whether they're the neighbours as well, it's yes. something really, you know, if you live alone and yep. you're advanced in age, it's really important to be talking to all those people around yes. you that yep. pop in and see you, whoever, mm. to have that, Absolutely. to know yes. exactly yes. where your plan is yeah. and to say, you know, if the ambulance calls and the neighbour sees it, well, they can come in and go, well, she's That's had right. this plan, I know where it is, I'll get it for you now, here it is. Yes. So it's so it's a, much It's better. a gift. It's a gift for everybody around you. Do you really want to put them in that position where they're scrambling, anxious, worried, stressed out of their minds and and left with the possibility of either guilt or second-guessing for the rest of their lives. Yeah, and I've read quite a few stories about yes. that too and yeah. it sounds, you know... I'm sure we've all horrible. got stories. Yeah. Yeah, everyone can recall some at some point when someone didn't make a plan for themselves and it turned out badly. Yeah, and you just look in the nursing home, there's a lot of... Mm. There's a lot of plans. Well, there's, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of, of things planning. that n- yes. no plans yeah. were made. Yeah, that's right. So... Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you could think of, Rose, that you'd like to tell us about advanced care planning? Oh, well, you know, I could talk all day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I think uh, all I can say is just please get it done. (laughs) Just Mm -hmm. get it done, you know, like... um, it's such an important important document. It's such an important document along with your will. Mm, yes, well, you know, that's along right. with that's all important. of those end of life documentations, mm. this is one up there with the will. Yeah, but, and this is one that you would, yeah, this is a before the will, like yes, Rose said. Yes. It's not something you put with your will in the no, solicitor's office no. and say uh, later after you've you know possibly died. Oh yes, we had an advance. Yes, plan. yes, it's not what you do. It's not something to shy away from either. I think. Um, you know, we think that talking about dying is going to kill you, and that's ridiculous, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, it's, um, it's just, it, it's part of life. Dying, dying frames, our death frames our life. Yeah. It makes it better. You know, I've seen people who have, you know, steadfastly marched towards their death without ever acknowledging it, and um, they've, It's not turned out well, and I'm sure everybody, we all know some, we've all seen Mm. instances where uh, a death in the family or a friend has has not turned out well because it wasn't talked about, you know, no one ever discussed it. We never thought it would happen even when it's staring you in the face. Um, And it's, uh, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to end up with that. Let's talk about it. Yeah, Let's just talk about it. It is. It's so important. And I find myself chatting. I'll think about something and then I'll ring my daughter and go, you know what, I think that I would like this. You know, yes. And that's, you know, even about talking about, you know, what you want done with your body yes. when you've, when you've that's died right. yeah. is such an important discussion. And all of those things are really mm. important. Yeah. But well, the, it, yeah, it's like yeah. trying to plan a, a wedding 
in five days. <laughs> you know, it's a major event. It's huge. And and even the guilt of, uh, you know, not planning a funeral. Like, did we do the right thing? Did we farewell them the right way? Yeah, you is know, this what they it's, want? It's crazy to not plan a funeral. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, look, my, uh, my little tagline, I think, for advanced care planning is, it's a gift for your family and peace of mind for yourself. And I think that that really says it. And I, yeah, and I yeah. think once that you've done it, well, you've done it, you yes. can put it aside and know that it's there and yeah. you've sort of got some guarantee that that's what you'll, you'll get. Yes. Yeah, well, you know, there's no <laughs> yeah, guarantees. There's no but guarantee. At least you but have, you, this is something you've taken care of. Yeah. yeah. We're taught from when we're in kindergarten to, to clean up after ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of like your insurance, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's that it's done and then you can get on with living the life to the yes. best of your abilities. Mm. So thank you, Rose. Thank you. That's been a great discussion. Yeah. And, um, yeah, please look at our website and yep. see when our next advanced care planning workshop is yes. on. We've got one coming up in October. We've got a couple coming up in the next yeah, um, couple of months, actually, October 12 and November the 4th, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, swoop in and join us on that or book a one-on-one with me. Yeah. Um, and so that's at endstagematters.com or email us at uh, endstagematters at gmail.com. That's it. Or our <laughs> phone numbers are there. So you, yes, we're quite happy find to us talk on to Facebook you. or Instagram. Yeah, we're <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> so thanks again, Rose. For thanks, it. Nick. Great to talk to you again. Yeah. Stay well, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. It's our hope that you'll keep these conversations going. You'll keep talking about the topics that take us to the edges of life and death. For more information or to ask a question, go to our website, endstagematters.com.au. We look forward to you joining us next time on The Talking Dead.